information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only and is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts. So, you've decided you want more out of your life. More than the 9 to 5. More than paycheck to paycheck. More than lifelong debt. But that leaves questions. Where do I go from here? What can I do without any money, connections, or experience? Our goal is not only to provide you with answers to those questions, but also to motivate people in an authentic way, mentor people who don't have mentors, give back, and hear some inspiring stories along the way. If you're not going to show people what's possible, who is? My name is Aaron Eiler. And I'm April Munson. And and this this is is Ground Zero. Zero. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh my God, your hair looks fabulous. I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, my hair does not look as good as your hair. (laughs) God, thank you. I'm totally faking it. It's like so humid. And I was like, I need air. I need air. I need to try to make it look like it's not frizzing. (laughs) But thank you. No, it's humid here too. And I was like, all right, I'm having no luck. I'll just do the best I can. Oh, well, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you so much for being on the show with me. Yes, this is very exciting. I'm excited to be here. I am too. I would love if you would just tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you're at, what you're doing, and let's just get to know you a little bit. All right, my name is Emily Oliver. I work with Hickory Seed Investments, which is a company that my husband and I own and operate. We manage, run, and purchase commercial real estate, normally residential apartment buildings or mixed-use buildings. And we are in the St. Louis market and we've been investing for the last over 10 years now. Awesome. Emily, I loved your story when we talked, when we, it was about a week or two weeks ago and listening to your drive and how you got to where you are is absolutely incredible. So if you could kind of give us a little bit of a rundown of how you navigated yourself to get to where you are because I've never met anyone who is so driven and focused as you. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, yeah, so our our journey, my husband and I's journey actually started in college. We while we were going to school, we're both mechanical engineers and we started reading books about real estate and Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I know that a lot of people can relate to Robert Kiyosaki changing their lives. And there was one Christmas that we were staying in his dorm room. I guess it wasn't a dorm, it was an apartment building and the heat went out and we were the only two people in the building. And so the maintenance guy said, no one else is here. We're not fixing it till Monday. So he gave us a little space heater and we were cowered in his, his bedroom like with the space heater on full blast covered in blankets. And we started doing the math on, well, you're paying this for rent and we know what your roommate's paying and we knew what his friends down the hall were paying. And although we didn't understand expense ratios, we didn't understand anything else about it, we started looking and doing the math and we're like, wow, that is amazing. Like this owner is probably getting, I forget how much it was, but, but to us, you know, being poor college students, it was substantial. And we got really excited about that. And with the books we were reading and the education we were getting, we thought, okay, this is something we want to do. And hell or high water, fire in the belly, like we are getting into apartments. And that was, we graduated in 2005. My husband's job moved us 
moved us around a little bit. He was in an executive program where he got to work in different departments. So he lived in Dallas for a year and then moved to St. Louis, Missouri and said, all right, we're doing it. And unfortunately for us, we bought our very first four family in 2006. And we, it was a, it was a four family and we actually got like, I think it was a thousand dollars at close or something. And we were like, oh my God, this is it. Like we've made it, we got this. And then one of the flu linings failed and it was a $5,000 repair. And we were like, oh my God, how is this gonna work? So we had to be flexible and we switched up our plans and we decided to turn the four family into two townhomes. And with that, we, we moved into half of it. And then the other half, we were like, all right, the market is hot. This is great. We're going to sell it for so much money. And we literally put it on the market the week that Lehman Brothers went under. So we could not get, like, it took us, I think it was 10 months on market. We dropped the price, not quite 100000 I think we dropped it about 80000 uh, we, luckily, the house, the half we moved into, we had piled the debt onto that half while the market was still high. So we were living in it as an owner occupant. We were able to pay that down. So even though we took a hit on the sales price on the other side, that still was how we got our seed money to be able to invest in real estate and buy our first apartment complex that we bought, uh, which it was then of course after Lehman Brothers went under there were so many opportunities and so many deals that we thought all right we're still in this we want to do it but four families two townhomes that's just too risky for us we wanted to spread it over more units so we got back in there and bought our first apartment complex which was a 16 unit in 2009. So how would you tell someone who's like trying to get into the industry or really just any industry you keep fighting this roller coaster effect happens where you're on a high you know what you want it's happening and then all of a sudden it's like no this couldn't get any worse and then you're trying to go back up again and back down and at least for you you have a partner who is right aligned with your core values so what is right. that for you to have someone that is completely aligned with what you're trying to do i think that is so important there was a, a point where when we were trying to sell that other side of the townhouse and we were holding holding on to both of them and we literally went through our grocery budget and calculated how much each item of food cost and we're like, all right, we're cutting it out. And to this day, we still don't buy Doritos. We discovered Doritos are $5 a bag and you can buy a whole sack of potatoes for like three fifty. We're like, oh my gosh. So we, we cut out cut out all food that, you know, wasn't necessary. We, we, we were, we were a few months away from needing to pick what bills we paid and what bills we didn't pay when it did thankfully finally sell and sold to some great people. So I think having a partner that understands that and that has the same vision as you do, or at least somewhat aligned helps immensely. Uh, you know, Alex, he's my husband. He and I don't, we have, we are different people. So we, we are aligned in the same vision, but I'm definitely uh, more, more risk adverse. He, he likes to, to go out there and, and take a lot more risk than I do. So I think that also helps us balance because he'll, he'll bounce ideas off of me. I'll bounce ideas off of him. And it actually brings us to a happier medium. So instead of him going out and just taking a lot higher risks, 
we can look at a deal and he, oh, he sees a deal there and then I can help him strategize on how we can do it without as much risk or different ways we can take it down. So I think that it's important to have a similar vision, but also acknowledge that each person is different and unique and bring something to that relationship. And has it's not one person driving the show, making all the decisions, doing all of the things. It's the people working together with the same long-term goal and long-term vision, and then working together on how to achieve that. Right. I love that so much. And for people who are driven as much as you and your husband, what would you say for like yourself when it comes to maybe taking a step back? Do you ever find a time where you're like, okay, I'm doing a lot. I need to like focus on myself for a minute. Like, what is that like for you? That's very hard. That's very hard. It took us many years to learn how to do that. We didn't, we didn't take a honeymoon. Um, we missed friends weddings. We were, we were very driven. Uh, we missed family vacations. We, we, we definitely were focused on what we were focused on. And I would say it took us about eight, seven to eight years before we actually said, all right, we need to slow down, take a minute, take time for ourselves. Um, and so part of it is also helping each other acknowledge that because I feel as people, and I think others can relate to this as well, we tend to put ourselves on the back burner, but we wanna help others. And so my husband was having back pain. He had gained a bunch of weight. He was overwhelmed. He was still had a full-time job and was doing real estate. I had a full-time job and was doing real estate. So we were, we were very busy and he was at a point where his back, I mean, he could barely walk, he could barely move. It was just so much. And he was um, taking a leave or Advil way more than the recommended dosage, just popping pills, popping pills. And I saw that and I thought, oh my God, it's hurting me to see this, but he wasn't wanting to take time for himself. So. I, I actually took the initiative and I said, all right, put down time. I scheduled every doctor I could think of. I did an allergist. I did a chiropractor. I did a primary care physician. I did a personal trainer. Uh, I, I did, I think there was a few others in there and we saw what stu stuck and he ended up really liking the personal trainer and the chiropractor. Oh, and he, he uh, decided to go on a low, low carb diet. And my goodness, he lost 60 pounds. Now he doesn't, he hardly takes painkillers at all. He has a, he only works out about 10, 15 minutes every morning with working out and stretching. But because he makes sure that he does that, then now his back can stay better. Where some people, you just go in and you get shots or take pills. It, it is important to make sure you, you actually stop, take a step back and take care of yourself. And sometimes that requires a person that you love or that loves you to come in and kind of push and, but you also have to be receptive to that. So I wasn't taking no for an answer. This was like, all right, I've scheduled these appointments. You're showing up and we're seeing how this is going to go. And then he does the, he does the same for me as well. So he'll make sure that, you know, if I, I need a massage, I've started personal training again. So we, we really help each other with that. We, when we schedule vacations, we talk about, all right, is this going to be a vacation where we have a lot of activity or one where we're more calm and relaxed? And then we can plan as we go. So I think it's it's really looking out for each other. And even when somebody doesn't want to take the time for themselves, if somebody sees that, they need to step in and say, "Hey, all right, we need to we need to do something here. This is getting a little out of hand." 
And this is what I love so much about your story, because like I said, how I love your drive and how you're all about working hard and achieving those goals. You take that time for each other. But then I know you had also said that like with family, people didn't understand what you were trying to achieve. And for you, you, you the way that you, you carry yourself and the way that you go about things, it's like, I'm not being mean for achieving my goals. And it's not it's not wrong if you don't understand, but like, this is what I need to do for me. And like, this, it is what it is. Like, talk to me about that when you are just such, you're so goal oriented and you want to accomplish what you want. And then the people like family and friends don't understand. What is that like for you? Yeah, that's hard. And I, I've actually known multiple people that have made big life decisions based on their family wanting to hold them back and it's 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 sad for it's sad for me to see but i know that a lot of people family is a, a number one priority and and i feel that some people almost take that to the extreme of you know if your family um a great example when we were in texas we were part of habitat for humanity and the woman that we were helping, our job was to help her get her volunteer hours and to help make sure that she had everything she needed and was taking the right classes to get the house. In addition to helping build it, we actually were, were more involved with sponsoring this young woman to get, a, to get a house. And she had two small children, well, 10 and 14, that were amazing kids, bright, smart. Oh my God, these kids were just amazing. And she was offered a promotion at the bank and she had 12 brothers and sisters and yeah she actually had um 24 nieces and nephews because statistically every other week she was going to have a birthday party just like oh that's God. how many nieces and nephews <laughs> she had and when she got the offer for the promotion in the bank we were out of town and when we came back she said oh i turned it down because my family said that i thought that i was better than them getting a promotion at the bank and this promotion was better hours. It would have really helped her care for her family, but like her, her children, her direct family, but her brothers and sisters who didn't have a job at a bank all thought, oh, you're better than us. And it, it's, you see things like that. And I just want to say that I understand family and she, she almost lost the house because she, she was not uh, part of Habitat for Humanity, or at least at this time, part of it was that they have to volunteer so many hours and they have to take classes on how to budget and you know there there's there's things they have to do the house is free but it's not free you have to do show that you're committed to, to wanting it and she wasn't she didn't have her volunteer hours in and it was really coming to the point she had a deadline when she had to get them in and she said well i couldn't miss a single niece or nephew's birthday birthday party and it was like well that's that's statistically every other weekend you're going to have a birthday party between how many nieces and nephews you have. You're going to have to make a decision between you and your children. If you want this house or and missing one birthday party, or if you, if you really like, are you, what are you, what are you going to trade it for? So, you know, there, there's hard decisions to make at, at every level. And no matter where you are on that scale, some families really surround people and, and are excited about what they do, but I definitely have seen a lot more where if it's something that people don't know or don't understand, they they feel maybe scared or apprehensive about it and, and they don't want to see people doing things outside of their understanding. And, and so that, that is really hard when you have to have those hard conversations with people you love 
that this this is what I'm doing and this is where we're gonna go. And I hope that we I hope that we can stay connected through this experience. But it, it definitely is a is a challenge if your family isn't familiar with what you're doing or is unsure about how you're gonna achieve your goals. It definitely it definitely can be a hurdle for people to overcome. Yeah. And definitely if I, I would love to talk a little bit about this too where your family has so much input about you achieving your goals, whether you're doing too much or not doing enough. But then when they get to the point of like, hey, you should be doing all of this. And when are you going to have a family? How do you talk about, okay, I want to achieve all of this, but like, I'm not ready to have kids yet. Or maybe I don't want to. And we have these big dreams. We want to travel as a couple. We want to do this. We want to do that. Like, what would you say to the driven people that are just like, we want to focus on building our future and whatever that looks like later on is fine. But that's, you know what I mean? What is that conversation like? Uh, <laughs> so my conversation uh, with my family was uh, definitely more like we're doing this, get on board or get out. But we, um, so we don't live near my family. We don't live near my husband's family. So for us, it's definitely was, these are the dreams we're going to achieve. And my husband and I view ourselves as our family. So we, we are the unit that we are together and we are the family and uh, everyone else is extended family. And we have done a, a few things keeping our parents in mind, but it, it's funny how I think both of our parents knew that we were ridiculously independent people from an early age. And so, for example, we were going to move in together, but we weren't ready to get married. We actually didn't get married for about eight years. And so uh, we did get engaged, though, because we thought his parents would throw it. We thought his parents would not be happy. <laughs> oh. And then it turned out they didn't care at all. <laughs> and so it's funny how sometimes you also do things to appease family, but if you don't have those open, honest conversations, we might be thinking, oh, we're doing this for your mom and dad. And it turns out, oh no, they, they didn't care at all. They actually were happy that, you know, when we moved to Texas, they were happy that he had someone to live his life with and to do things with. And so being super independent people, um, we, we did have to, as, you know, especially a, along the lines of the, the family and like, oh, when are you doing this or when are you doing that? It's like, all right, stop asking. We're doing things at our own time and our own pace and how we want to do them. And I think just being clear on that helps a lot saying, hey, look, this is, this is what we're doing. This is how we're getting there. I really want you to be part of my life. But if you aren't, then that is your choice. And I can't, I can't be responsible for your choices, but I'm not going to, I'm going to raise the bar and I'm not going to let myself be brought down based on the comments of people around me that I, I have my goal and I have my dream and I really hope we can make it there together, but I'm making it there one way or another. I think that is so powerful and I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that. I think there's so many people that could find so much value out of finding your success with someone who aligns with you and being driven enough to be like, this is what I want. And it doesn't matter what my family says and getting to the point of doing that with your partner, being just that driven and then not having to conform to anyone else's idea of what you should be or how you should live your life into your adult life and what that looks like, which is why I just think you are absolutely incredible <laughs> and you are so fierce. And I wish that you would have been around when I was 18, because I'm sure that I would have learned so much from you about allowing yourself to be independent and being able to tell people no, 
this is what I want and this is what I'm going to do. And it doesn't matter what you think. And look where you are. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you are knocking down those goals. And I think you said that you're finally like, you're able to work for yourself. You're, you don't have to work a full-time job anywhere else anymore. And you and your husband get to travel and do all these great things. So I'm just so, I love this so much. This needs to be like a movie made about you because look at what you're doing. It's absolutely incredible. Like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, it, it is exciting that over the last probably six months, we were really starting to hit our goals. And now what we're talking about is our next level vision. So now we're, we're starting to meet a lot of the goals that have taken us 10 years to get here. So we're saying, what does the next 10 years look like? Man, if we, if we would have had an idea, like we, we surpassed what we even had thought for these 10 years. And now we're saying, all right, what's that, what's that going to be for the next 10 years? So that's actually, we have a, a three-day weekend coming up. That's going to be part of our conversation is our, our vision for the next 10, 20 years and see how, what we're going to set for ourselves to keep that fire going and so we can keep making progress. That's absolutely beautiful, Emily. I would love to even check back with you a year from now and be like, what amazing things did you accomplish in this time? Like, cause I'm sure it's just going to be amazing. So yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> Emily, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today and for sharing this with me and for the audience. I think that there's just so much to be gained from your story. And I would like to tell everyone who feels that they have a story to tell, or if they've have a ground zero moment that they went through that brought them to where they are, please email me and let's get you on the show. My email is aprilmunson at protonmail.com. And Emily, where can everyone find you? We'll throw it up on the screen too. Awesome. Yeah. So our website is www.hickoryseedinvestments.com or you can email emily at hickoryseedinvestments.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Emily. All right. Thank you, April. Have a great day. All right. You too.